A man become preeminent, he is expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Alright folks, welcome back to the Poor Hitter Podcast. Bob Catcher on the Dead Poor Hitter. Going through a little NFBC main event fab recap player movement with Mr. Todd Whitestone. Yeah, I'm just gonna talk about some ads, some drops, um, overall standings, and Todd will break down his article from spstreamer.com. It's a free article every Monday. Um, going in, did a little dive into ERA and where you should hope to be with your team ERA right now. So, um, yeah, that being said, let's just get right into the episode, okay? All righty, folks, welcome back to the Pull Hitter Podcast. I'm Rob DiPietro, the dead pull hitter. I'm here with Todd Whitestone. Todd, what is going on? Not too much, bud. It's, uh, trades are already starting to happen. They're, uh, the uh, Twitter machine is starting to pop, and I think it's going to be kind of an exciting week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. My uh, my DC dreams, my draft champions dreams, just got flushed down the toilet with Graveman. Uh, <laughs> Graveman going down. I, yeah. I I happen to be like in a top fifty with one of my teams with only eleven saves, and even if I had like ten more saves, I'd be pretty much in the top ten. <laughs> but I right, right. and Graveman was my guy. He was like my lone guy. Everybody on that team I speculated on, or or drafted. You know just got hurt or just hasn't been the closer. Uh, yeah. So, but he was, you know, he was helping me, him and Barlow have been helping me a little bit inch up and inch up, but now um, it's gone, but you know. He, he might get a few saves in, in as the secondary guy in Houston. Right. Um, I mean, I, I have him in a, like four or five of the fab leagues. I, I have, and I don't know whether I'll be holding him, but uh, I think I think he might get the secondary saves. That's the best like, thing I could say. Right. That's, yeah. Yep. Pretty much. And uh, you know, I, I know the there's been some reports that the clubhouse wasn't so happy about it. You know, uh, I know the yeah. said everything is going to look for the future, but um, you know, after that win last night, and um, you know, after the fact that, you know, they convinced him to be a, a reliever after he was a starter and he made that change and he liked right. it there. He embraced it. Um, he embraced it. He embraced Seattle. He wanted to stay there. He stayed there on a, on a pretty decent contract for them. And, uh, you know, we obviously know it's a business, but when you're trying to create culture, sometimes I wonder right. in clubhouse, you know, culture and clubhouse. And I just wonder how, this looks like to the rest of the guys who are still there and saying, you know, what culture, you know, that I agree, you know, I, I know everyone point all oh, the fan graphs are odd, they're only 4%. They're going to make the playoffs and, and all this shit. And who cares? Like they're in it. <laughs> who cares what the odds say? And, and they were believing. And, uh, you know, I think my, I, my son lives in the Seattle area. I think I right. told you, and he, he was not too happy about this. And uh, I think if, 
there's going to be real backlash if they do go ahead and trade Seeger or Hanniger or one of those guys too. Yeah, um, right. And listen, I, I, I it's it's a trade that you know if Toro can develop into respectable, you know, everyday player or at least ultra utility type player. You know, I you know, um, sure. You know, I get it. I get it that like it they they maybe even got. Um, more talent, you know, of course, but um, that's not the point, you know, like, uh, right. but I guess maybe it was just too good of a trade for them in that round to pass up. Like, I understand, I get it. It just sucks when, you know, I don't know. I'm, I played sports and I, I understand the, the clubhouse aspect and, you know, it's, it's fun when you have a good, you know, a good group of guys and you're, yeah. and you're going toward a goal, a common goal to win. And, you know, it's pretty rough, but, you know, I guess, um, you know, I know a lot of, uh, a lot of guys would be racing uh, toward, you know, Paul Sewold. Um, Sewold or second rider. Or second rider. Right. Correct. That's, that's going to be, um, you know, definitely uh, the two main guys that let's see, what's the, um, percentage ownership of Seawald at 93% in the main event. So he's um, he's not going to be had for that many teams. And Stecker Ryder had a 2% ownership. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, at this rate, Todd, you know, if, if Craven's gone, why should Sewell be so uh, secure, right? <laughs> and I think if they can get somebody to uh, take him, I think they would. But right? uh, I guess what I'm surprised at, Rob, you could disagree, is why weren't the, the Phillies or the Reds or or the Jays really outbidding the Astros? The Astros didn't really need Graveman as much. Right. You know, those guys really needed a, a bullpen arm, and they they couldn't outbid that package. I mean, I know Toro is a nice player, but I don't think he's any fantastic find. Yeah, I mean, he, he couldn't even nail down uh, an everyday job with Bregman out, you know. But I know he's still young. He's still got a, a pretty yeah. good, um, you know, um, yeah, I think hit tool can. that everyone's kind of into. So, uh, you know, but like I said, just 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 overall on the whole, you know, uh, everyone keeps pointing out the, uh, the playoff percentages and would they really get there. But, you know, like I said, it's, uh, I know a lot of the, his teammates um, must be pretty, pretty best. But uh, yeah. yeah, and then I know Trey Turner just left the game, and everyone, everyone went up in arms over why he was possibly out of the game. But it seems to be like it just maybe a minor injury. Um, I hope it's or, minor because he's a big cog in a couple of teams I have. So right, um, I don't right. know what it was. They said he looked uncomfortable going from first to third. Yeah, and this um, some people mentioned his uh, sprint speed. Um, you know, being down for that that actual run, so uh, it looks like that's probably what it is. You know, okay, it could be an IL stint. Hopefully, it's not serious as far as uh, he's concerned. Yeah. Yep. So who knows? Um, let's see. Let's get into your article, Todd. Sure. Tell me about what you wrote this week on the spstreamer.com. And by the way, everyone. Obviously, uh, uh, you can find Todd on Twitter at Telestar7 and find his work on spstreamer.com. Get Thank you, Rob. Uh, yes. So this was the last of the 10 articles I wrote on the 10 categories. Uh, this was on ERA. So we titled it Dumb and Dumber ERA instead of Dumb and Dumber. 
Um, and I, I showed the ERA over the last few seasons the same way I did with WHIP last week. And it's the same pattern, unsurprisingly. The, the ERA in uh, 2019, for example, was 449. 2020, the short season, 444. And in the beginning of this season, through uh, June 24th, it was way lower at 413. And then the sticky substance ban happened, and now it's back running at 447, about what it was in previous years. So um, I think most people's uh, fantasy owners are going to see their ERA rise over the last couple of months of the season. Um, and then uh, I did also figure out what I thought would be the target 5,000, which would be 500 points in ERA for this year. And my estimate is 3.67. It's running at 3.50 now, but trying to compute what it's going to back up to. I think 3.67 will get you 500 points, which is about 77.5% um, up the scale um, for fantasy owners in the main event. So that's a pretty good mark to shoot for, I believe. Um, but I do, whatever your ERA is now, I think it's going to back up a little bit. What, do, what are you standing at right now in the main event? So let's see. I can tell you very quickly. Um, I'm at a 3.3 in one and a 3.875 in the other. So that's good. the league that I'm in with you, the 3.875. That's uh, well, you're uh, the Grom, that's uh, league You're doing very well in, and I'm not particularly. My but, ratios um, need the Grom. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a so so the the league that I'm James Anderson and I are doing the best in. We have a 3.29. Nice. That's really uh, solid. Um, the, the league that we're sort of mid-pack is, is uh, at 341, which is also pretty good. And then uh, I guess our, our league is – the ERA is not too bad, but unfortunately it's 349, but unfortunately the other categories are baloney, so uh, it doesn't really matter for the league we're in together. Um, but the ERA has not been my problem so far this year. Yeah, it's um, it's been a mix of other things for sure. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at the at the at the leaders uh, at the top of the main event leaderboard for ERA, and yeah, Dalton Del Don, um, it's a pretty excellent fantasy player in his own right. right. He got a two six five overall ERA. Um, and it doesn't look like it's coming with the expense of lowering his innings pitch because he's up there in K's as well. Um, and he's also got the seventh best ERA team. Um, it's pretty pretty impressive numbers, two six five. Um, but it's uh, only one, two, three, four, five teams under three. That's pretty impressive. That's pretty um, amazing to be under three for the uh, four months so far, or whatever. Yes. Yep, some uh, solid teams up there. Uh, of course, we got Phil, um, we got Maddie Davis, Steve Weimer, um, Mark Zerebo. Yeah, a lot of um, a lot of no names up in that ERA uh, count right there. So that's interesting. Um, yeah, I was just taking a look at some of uh, the overall metrics that we you know tend to go by for pitching since the uh, the ban and the and the hot the hotter weather and you know. Right. Yeah, you know, um, strikeout percentage is like uh, a percentage and a half almost different. Um, so 
yeah, it just makes a, it makes a huge difference all around in the balls that are in play, the kind of contact and the balls in play, um, you know, it's pretty interesting. Even uh, the zone contact was, um, you know, big, it was over, over a percentage point. So, uh, you know, uh, I, I feel like what I've noticed the most from the uh, lack of substance from some pitchers is that not, um, they're just, a lot of balls are just floating more toward the zone. Yep. You know, it's uh, it, it's almost like they were able to get it out of the zone and on the black kind of, you know, a little bit easier. And now, um, especially Honey Gray is a kind of a, a guy I have a lot of and yeah. a little worried about because it's not how much the velo is uh, the fact that his, his sliders just hung up in the middle and his right. fastball stopped. Uh, I think he lost like six inches of that vertical break. So not rising, <laughs> just getting lowered into the heart right, of the zone. Right. And uh, yeah, yeah, the, sharp, so. the sharpness of the breakers are just not there the way it was before. I don't think, and Sonny Gray, if you, you see his, his curveball, for example, it, it relies on a pretty big break. Right. Um, it does. Yeah. You know, and so, so that's not the type of guy that does as well. I don't think. Right. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So, um, it is what it is. So I feel pretty okay with one of my ERA teams. But um, what else did you uh, find in your little ERA dive here? I saw that you included a list of starters, uh, top right. starter ERA and top reliever ERA. Yeah, I, I just I went through the same exercise. I showed the top 20 starters and relievers in terms of ERA. And a lot of the names are not too surprising. But I think if you go back to the beginning of the year, I think you could argue that there are some guys that you didn't think would be quite so high up. I mean, Kyle Gibson, um, he, he's been up there. Robbie Ray, we discussed last week. Um, you know, even uh, I would I would have to say that Zach Wheeler, although he, you know, he's sort of a mainstay now, it, I'm not sure people are predicting anything like what he's done so far. Um, right. And then we have the relievers. I, about eight of them are getting saves, but there's another 12 that are just over 20 innings pitched, but below two in terms of ERA. There he is, Drew Steckenrider. Steckenrider, buddy. <laughs> you know, he could be in the mix. And you notice Paul Seawald is not on that list. Now, I, probably whip would be a better stat to check out instead of just the ERA. But, um, right. but anyway, uh, Steckenrider has had a good year so far. Uh, and who knows? He could be traded too. I, I, you know, I don't think anything is nailed down in Seattle. No, especially when Apoto actually just came out and said what comes next could be as early as this evening or tomorrow because what we plan uh, to do is be real active. So yeah, unbelievable, yeah. So, boom, uh, boom. Hang on tight uh, till Friday. <laughs> I know it's gonna be. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna be crazy. Definitely gonna. It's fun though. It's fun. It's it's fun watching. Uh, you know, uh, all the movement and, um, you know, it's, uh, it must, it must be like a crazy feeling to, to go from, I mean, especially Graveman, he's going to his own division, you know, um, yeah. and he's going to be pitching the against them. Yeah. Yeah. He went across the field, you know, because yeah. they're playing the Astros. I think that's funny. That was like the, uh, Rob, do you remember the scene in Moneyball where they had uh, the trade and the guy just changed clubhouses? Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty much, um, What's his name uh, has a good chance to do that, right? Uh, did, t- is Tyler Anderson playing the, the Phillies? Think, 
Yeah, yeah. I think he he also is traded to the team they're playing. Yes. Yeah, that's that's pretty fascinating. <laughs> I think he just stayed warming up, if I heard correctly. I didn't get to read up on my news, but uh, actually, no, sorry, they're playing Philly on Friday, Friday, Saturday, okay. Sunday. Okay. So it, it's not tonight. They're playing uh, Milwaukee, but uh, well, supposedly they figured out there was a trade happening when all of a sudden Abraham Toro was playing catch with Luis Torrens instead of oh. a member of the Astros. And it was like, wait a minute, what's what's he doing that for? And uh, it was like, well, he's he's on the Mariners. <laughs> Trey Turner tested positive for COVID-19. Oh. Well, yep. But, but how did that – oh, so maybe they told him right after he scored? Yeah. I mean, the same thing happened with Bohm. He hit a home run, and, and he got in a clubhouse. He didn't come back out. Um, so Okay, but uh, I don't know if that means he's out for the 10 days or he's just – yeah, positive is 10 days. So he's out for 10. Yep. Uh, that's uh, that's not going to help help me personally, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least, at least it's not like a bad hammy injury or something like that. Yeah, yeah only his lungs are, sacrif- um, <laughs> are <laughs> fucked up, not his hammy. <laughs> well, hopefully it's not serious, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. Hopefully it's not. He's, 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 elite, he's elite athlete, seem to um, recover well from it, so... Right. Um, yeah. So um, how did we do this week with the um, average winning bid in the main event? Right. So, uh, so Rob, it, uh, it, it still hung up there at 1470. Last week it was 1538. And, uh, you know, I keep expecting it to dip below the $10 mark and it just is not doing that. Right now, uh, $808 is the average spending per team so far this year, which leaves leaves teams with an average of 192. So the, the amount left is $21.33 per period. So, you know, kind of has to come down because everybody's at least adding a couple of players each period. Um, so I think the fact that there were two or three guys that really were attractive kept the bidding up there a bit. And uh, we can go through the names in a minute, but I do think that in the next week or two, maybe not this week, because there's going to be movement with the trade deadline, but maybe in a couple of weeks that we'll get a really low number. Yeah, I was more, I was pretty impressed by the, you know, the amount of bids. It was definitely a lot of, um, I think that's definitely from a lot of forecasting, a lot of projecting, a lot of, you know, trying to beat, um, you know, the, the next rush of closers possibly getting a pulse on that now instead of next right. week um, probably resulted in a lot of um, player movement turnover in that regard. But yeah, a lot know, of, what, yeah. I'm sorry, Rob. So one other thing to remember is that what, this is the total, assuming every team spends $1,000 completely by the end of the year. And you and I know that there are some teams that are in 14th place that are not going to spend their fat, right. right? So actually, you could probably argue that the contending teams average less than 192. I mean, it's hard to get a fix on that, but I do believe that there's going to be some money left on the table by the end of the year. And I, so I think that some, most teams could have like 160 or something on the average. Sounds like a, a good um, off-season spstreamer.com dive right there, Todd. 
they're going to have to see how much money goes unspent for teams that finish maybe 10, 10 to 15 as compared to the top. That would be an interesting dive. You know, that would definitely get some insight because in, in one, in my other league, it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, you, you, you kind of start to see people participating less per se. And, but then you just get the one week where it's like, well, I guess they like this guy, like they didn't bid for three weeks, but then it's, you know, it's, $90 $90 or $100 on a guy. It's like, I don't know if they just do it to like throw a wrench in everyone else's plans. But... <laughs> right, 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 yeah. Let's just look quickly at, right? So in the league that I'm doing the best in, the main event league, there's one team sitting with $996. Wow. And then there's a team with 512. And then there's like three teams between 250 and 300. Wow. So, you know, I just feel like there's one or two teams in each league that are going to be not spending. And then if you took those out, that's going to really reduce the total dollars available to really be bid in these last few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting um, to look at. Now I'm just uh, I'm taking a look at that. In my yeah, in my so main what- event league, um, it, it, it's, it's, pretty interesting because actually the top the top has more money left than the bottom which is pretty yeah so this is from from first place down it's uh money left 171 317 359 439 26 uh 416 294 13 176 171 51 5 120 166 and 69 so they what's, must have spent the most available in that league. Who has the most available? Most available is um, a little uh, about five sixty one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's and that's sitting in fourth place. Um, I'm I'm doing pretty well, bad wise in that league too. I'm in third place. I got three fifty nine left. Um, oh, that's so, good. That's very good. Yeah, um, but not in like an hour league. I I I had to. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, uh, I took it down. I'm down to one fifty one in that and. And you can't so. do it in every league. Like one of my mains, there's a guy in fourth place that has over 500. Wow. That's, a, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's he's going to be able to maneuver. Um, and this is fun. Like I, I, I'm totally enjoying this because my first full main event year last year was that shortened season. Right. So um, obviously, you know, the fabbing was differently uh, for, you know, still getting a thousand dollars, but in a condensed season. Yeah, so that, that was much different. That was yeah. Different. Well, that was my first experience with main event bidding. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> so it's uh, I had to pull myself out of that for, you know, <laughs> a, a couple of weeks in the beginning of the season. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's, um, but absolutely yeah, 1,234 moves made. So, lot of action a lot of action so let's get into some of the players the um there's sure. three three players scooped up in all the leagues possible yep. 43 leagues josiah gray tukey toussaint and brandon marsh um josiah gray went for as high as 266 tukey right. tukey went for 226 um and marsh went for as high as 140 tell me what you think about these players right here top and were you in on any of them or did you get any of them they were all in my big queues you know i wasn't bidding huge amounts for them um, I did get Marsh in one of the main events. Let's see, I dropped Jankowski for him because I was trying to scare up some saves, uh, some steals, and he he wasn't giving me anything, uh, so I did that. But I didn't get really Gray or Toussaint. Uh, 
let's see, I, Gray, I might've gotten in 12. No, I don't even think I did. Um, Tukey scares me a little. I think he's very volatile. I'm not going to say he's not going to produce Rob, but I do believe that he's, um, he's, he, his range of outcomes is very wide. I, I bid uh, 31 bucks on him in our league out of the 151 I had left. Um, I got outbid. Um, and I actually, you know, I'm pretty aware of his volatility, but, um, you know, a lot of his problems were from controlling his four-seamer, and he was always um, putting himself behind the count in that fashion. But I noticed something pretty crazy, though, in his last two starts, he's thrown two four-seamers total, Todd. So yeah. completely fading the pitch he couldn't control. I got you. Um, and becoming a lot more, uh, you know, that Atlanta Braves, you know, pitch to contact. He's, he, uh, he's thrown his, his sinker, his curve, and his splitter more. So definitely trying to get it down in the zone. Um, seems like he's got more control. And he's also been extremely efficient in the last two games, which was pretty wild, you know, to see him throw, you know, that deep into the game only on about 88 pitches. So, or 90 pitches, I think it was. Uh, pretty impressive. Um, and I think... I think it's a good shot at upside. You know, you got that, yeah. you got the, uh, the pedigree on his side as well. First round pick and uh, really athletic dude. So sometimes you just got to bet on that talent if you yeah, want to swing away. Um, okay. Like, I, like I said, I, I missed on him in the main and the, uh, in my online championship. I went for him as well, but I got outbid in both spots. Uh, but I would have loved to gotten a little tukey. Right. I mean, I, I've just seen him throw gems before and then back it up with really poor outings. So, right. but I, he does have a good team to pitch for. He should get some offensive support. I, you know, I think the, the tools are there for him to do well. I just, uh, I'm a little leery of him. Gray, I think I liked better because not just the team, the team is good. And I know he's not going to throw lots of innings, but I feel like the innings he produces will be pretty good quality. You think, but once Kershaw comes back, he's, I mean, you think they're going to kick Price out of the starting rotation and not Gray? I, I mean, where's the spot for I Gray? I don't think they, they have as much uh, flexibility as, as I thought early in the year, Rob. Well, yeah, that's true. But still, though, I mean, right now, if if you look at their, their rotation, who, so you're betting on Kershaw coming well, Kershaw, back. And, he might right. not be back so soon, but also... Julio right. Urias uh, might not – he might need to take a step back to preserve his innings. Well, uh, they, okay. Yeah, yeah. We could look at that. I guess you could look at if they're going to get Max Scherzer as well. And, well, I mean, if they do something like that, <laughs> then, then all bets are off, obviously. But I, yeah. think, I think, you know, one thing I've learned from uh, James Anderson uh, is that, you know, pitchers are not like hitters. Once they're kind of ready – these bullets don't last in the chamber forever. You can well, yeah, how to use right. them. And, and I, I think Gray is ready to get major leaguers out. And I think even if they throw him in a high leverage relief role, he could be valuable on a team like the Dodgers. So right. long story short, I do like that ad. I, not that I got him. I didn't get him. But uh, I do think he's very talented. And uh, I think the Dodgers do intend to let him go. 
Right. Yeah. We're gonna uh that's gonna be fun to see. I definitely love the skill set. Um looked pretty good, even though he gives up a uh a lot of homers in his debut. Um he was still putting the you know, you could tell he's he's gonna be a good pitcher. Um yeah, yeah absolutely. Um what about Brandon Marsh? Do you have any Brandon Marsh? Yeah, yeah, I got him once, as I said, in one main. Uh, we got him for 15, dropping Jankowski. And I, oh, do, yeah, think, right. yeah. I do think that um, he's going to uh, play. I, I know that Trout is coming back, but he's had a little tiny setback, is from what I can tell. And I do think that they intend to let him go unless he really, you know, doesn't hit at all. Um, so, yeah. I, so you got him on one of the lowest prices. That's a great grab right there. Yeah, we, uh, we were surprised to actually get him at that fifteen dollar mark. Was that something that you were that you um was like a factor with the overall money that you had left, or were you willing to go higher if you had? I don't know what your your I don't, money no, I don't situation. Think, I don't think we wanted to. I can tell you how much money we had, but I don't think we wanted to bid more than more than that yeah that's smart because you know like you mentioned you know trout and uh if he comes back um you know it could definitely eat into playing time so that's probably a good number i think i had him like in for like 15 to like 23 bucks on a couple of conditional bids that league we have 154 left so yeah right so yeah it was a a factor of course Um, uh but but we we thought he could help and uh, we'll we'll see whether it proves true i mean 154 left like i said that could be near the average of contending teams and you just with nine periods left you gotta kind of massage it as you and i have discussed to get to 75 or so with four weeks to go right absolutely that gives that gives you 75 to kind of play with um it's definitely interesting you know i was just trying to put together bids and it's really uh, cause like I said, I was aggressive on Tukey, but, um, the rest of my bids were kind of like, all right, you know, still got a lot of weeks left, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, that's, the thing. that's the thing. There's still nine weeks to go and, uh, you can't, you can't go all, all, and who knows what the situation will be next week. I mean, there could be four or five guys that have real roles to bid on. Right. Absolutely. Next up, we got Brian Anderson of the Miami Marlins. Um, yeah. Uh, I think I was in on him in a couple of weeks, couple of low bids uh, across my um, OCs and auction leagues. Um, what do you think about Brian Anderson? Steamer has him down for the rest of the season, 218 plate appearances, six homers, 243 average with 50 runs and RBIs combined. Um, I guess he's, I guess you could say at his ceiling, he's a little bit better than a streaming corner, or yeah. you think he's better than that? I think that's all he is. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't put any premium on him. Yeah, I think he. I we wanted to go for more for guys that could produce a little better batting average than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he's fine enough if you needed a corner, or I isn't he eligible in the outfield as well? I believe so. No, that's over with. Oh, that's over. Okay, it's just so, third. Yeah, just third. So I don't think we really needed that particular spot. So I didn't really uh, go after him. Right, right. Um, next up, we have Aristides Aquino on yes. the on yes, the Reds. Right. Um, 
He went in 27 leagues for uh, as high as 12 bucks. I thought he was going to go a little bit more than that. I was uh, right. second highest on that list behind Mr. Jeff Zimmerman and uh, Brent Franey. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I scooped them up for 11 bucks unopposed, uh, and dropping that bum, Nick Solak. Uh, I needed power. Um, and, uh, he you know, definitely do that. He can definitely do that. I- yeah, he can definitely do that. I'm just hoping, you know, that he gets a little bit of run with Castellanos out. I think the Castellanos injury is not going to be two weeks, uh, or a month, you know, it could be even longer. And, yeah. um, I really liked that he batted third yesterday. It was pretty, um excited about that um i was looking at uh alex chamberlain pitch leaderboard and he has um the connor kirk's on uh deserved hard hit rate on it it was at 28 percent which is up there in the top in the league and uh 24 barrel and 15.2 percent blast which is uh like um, a percentage of barrels that are in uh, like over 100 miles an hour so um Lopping off from 95 to 100. It's uh, it's pretty cool. If you've never checked it out, anyone who's listening on Alex Chamberlain, Pitch Leader Board, he's got some cool, um, you know, other metrics to look at to factor into uh, your your um, evaluation of a player, as well as the um, the EV on fly balls. It's just, you know, he just smashes the ball really hard. So I just needed power, um, and I'm hoping he could just get me yeah. a couple of homers, uh, you know, in this week and then hopefully it could spill over some playing time going forward. Yeah. I think he's, he, the question is, are they going to play him because of offense or Akiyama, Akiyama, Shogo Akiyama. Right. For more of the defense. I mean, I would say if, if I was the Reds, I, they already have a pretty mediocre defensive team. I don't might as well play the guy that's going to drive and runs. Right. Yeah. And I was surprised too. when I took a look at the, um, their, um, their, their, their lineup grid on, on fan graphs. So like Naquin has played like 12 straight games, um, pretty much, uh, cause I think I, re- I had my eyes on him early in the season when I had a couple shares of him, but, um, I'm surprised he's, I was surprised to see he was in, uh, like out of the platoon, um, and, um, playing every day. So mm-hmm. I, I would think that, you know, they get him in the lineup. I know Aquino's not in the lineup tonight, of course, uh, but, you know, these are going to happen. Uh, hopefully, though, he, he just gets into more games than not uh, and just hits a couple bombs those games. Yeah, really. That's the best he could ask for. Again, I didn't – I didn't uh, – I, I had a good amount of money left and uh, I needed some power, so took a stab there. Um, as well as the next guy, took a cheap little stab on Daniel Winch. Um Okay. In okay. in our main event together, uh, where yep. I need some pitching, um, scoop them up for four bucks, and I drop that big bag of shit that Patrick Corbin. Um, <laughs> finally, <laughs> I, dropped him, I dropped him in an auction league. Also, I just couldn't. Yeah, take. that's it. It's enough. I gave him too. It was probably too long to keep on the right. roster, but I was right. given. Giving him some time to work it out, you know. But um, yeah, so he came back up and he pitched a, a pretty good solid game, eight innings, um, no runs, four Ks. Uh yeah, he looked good, he looked good. Yeah, yeah. The swinging strike stuff, like the 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 overpowering stuff, you know, wasn't off the charts, but it was pretty decent. Um, and he looked like he just looked like he was working better through the game. Um, so maybe you know, he was a pretty he's a pretty big prospect, and maybe he kind of you know, 
got his bearings down a little bit. We've seen it with Logan Gilbert. He was, he was able to adjust and, and, and settle into being a pretty solid uh, piece of the rotation there for Seattle. Yeah. Did you have any, um, anything in on Daniel Lynch? Uh, yeah, he's KC, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I agree. I think he's he looked good, and he could turn it around the way Logan Gilbert did. So uh, I, I think it's a good shot to take, personally. I mean, he's got wow. some talent. He's been a good prospect. So I would I would support what you did. I can't believe the Mets still start Jared Eikhoff. This guy is just a bag of shit. He just let up his fucking, what, the fourth home is 10-1. This guy's embarrassing. What, what's the score of the Mets game? 10-1. 10-1? Austin Riley just hit a grand slam. Okay. Okay. That's, so that didn't He's work that well. terrible. Like, I don't know why. There's got to be someone else you could throw. Yeah, I mean, you'd think they'd have a minor leaguer to uh, bring Get up. And- somebody in there. Jesus Christ, that's a little Doc Gooden right now over Jared Eikhoff. Jesus (laughs) Christ, terrible. Oh, man. All right, Um, let's take a look at, let's see, Huasco Noah picked up in 25 leagues. He of the I'll punch my uh, a brick wall with my pitching hand guy. Um, Definitely a meatball move right there. But uh, it's like he's going to be back in a couple weeks. I think he's starting uh, Sunday from what I heard. Oh, really? Oh, that I quick. Okay. Got, they, they were going to have him make a rehab start, but then he threw some kind of sim game, and I think he might be starting this weekend. Interesting. Interesting. All right. All right. Yeah. He, he was picked up for as high as 37 bucks. Um, most of the bids were under 10, but uh, yeah, I mean, he, he, he was great for the first couple of starts of the year, you know, so uh, obviously pitching start teams definitely going to Go that route with Enoah. I don't think he was available in any of the league that was in. Uh, everyone kind of right. held on to him. Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, what about Rugned Odor? He's your yeah. boy. What a um, hitting well for New York. That was your, <laughs> I love your reasons here. The hitting well for New York. And that's all you really well, need to get picked up. Well, you know, that's probably all it was. I mean, he, <laughs> yeah. He normally is like a 190 hitter and he would, was up at the two forties or something. And he hit a couple of homers and, you know, I've just seen his, his uh, approach too many times to really go for him. I mean, he swings hard and once in a while he makes contact and it goes a long way, but uh, he's not the kind of player that I normally go for. And not to say he couldn't run into a hot streak. He certainly could, but uh, I'm not, I'm not going to bet on it myself. Right. Right. I hear you. Rowdy Telez also scooped up in 23 leagues. Um, I took a look at him with Brian Anderson as a little corner right. uh, power um, and leagues that needed some power. But, uh, you know, it's funny. It's just like you don't know if he's just going to play enough to really be a factor yeah, on your team, know. you know, and especially like when when you have in like an NFBC lineup, you know, that Monday to Thursday, you kind of look. It's like, oh, you got two lefties, you know, is he going to play one of them? Is he going to Right, you know, yeah. Play then. Right, you know he he he's uh let's see since he's got traded to the Brewers they faced three lefties he started only one that was the last one he started four straight so um you know I don't know if they're kind of starting to like what they see he's moved up in the lineup from seventh right. to fifth so we well, um, did hit a homer and I think they now have given up fully on Keston Hira yeah so uh, yep. I think he will play a little more but again. 
if, if there's a two out of three lefties, I don't think you want to start it for that period. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Anybody else you want to talk about on the scoop ups here? No, Any players that kind so. of popped up now? Right. Um, actually, I wanted to ask you, what are, you, what are your thoughts on uh, Brent Rooker? Um, he Rooker. Got into the lineup, batting second. He went yeah. yard again yesterday. It's pretty interesting. I think he kind of flew under my radar a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I think I had my eye on him, but I just I wasn't really I don't know. I guess uh, I didn't give him enough thought. I think I, I yeah. really thought that they were going to kind of just roll with what they had and he was just going to be a, a, a plug and play type of guy, not everyday batting second type of guy. Yeah, I think he's good. Could get regular run at the DH spot. Um, yep. And uh, he did hit a couple of homers. Um, I think he. He's historically been more of a quad A guy that he does really well in the minors and then hasn't produced at the major league level. So I don't know that he's a great bet, but look, for two months, anybody given the playing time could uh, run into a, a number of hits and homers. So I think he's fine. He should have some playing time for the next couple of weeks. That's probably all you can ask for right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think the playing time in the – that power, um, just like the K rate in the minors, uh, over 30%, you know, that's not going to play too well in the majors. Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, batting second with a little bit of power in front of uh, some some pretty good hitters in that lineup can be can be pretty solid for sure. Yeah. Um, tell me about the wow bit of the week. Yeah, I mean, Anthony Rendon was dropped in one main, and he attracted the highest bit of the week, $305. Um, and uh, I noticed that uh, they did push back his timetable a bit today, a couple of weeks more. So I'm not sure that owner is going to get him right away. But of course, he is a very talented guy if and when he does return. Um, and uh, the only sort of sad note was that the runner up bid was 42 uh, against the 305, which of course, there's no way to know that. But um, that was a bit of an overpay in that situation given hindsight. Right. Absolutely. Um, we had 18 bids over a hundred bucks this week. Three came from Gray, six from Tukey, three from Marsh. And then we had to mention Rendon, right. Soria, um, kind of Falefa, Lindor, Varsho, and Dylan Carlson. Um, so right. uh, obviously, you know, these guys were dropped in leagues uh, and probably the only leagues and scooped up for pretty, Pretty large chunk there. Uh, I'm surprised that the Lindor was actually not more than the others. Yeah, he he apparently did not attract a huge amount of attention. He got 131 to win uh, his services. Uh, he's still a, a good ways away from playing, I believe. Right. Yeah. I think he's about three to five weeks. Um, and obviously, you don't know, you know, obviously from a core injury and oblique. Uh, you don't know, you know, how well he's going to play, but, uh, right. you know, we've seen some other $300 bids that uh, from definitely from lesser players. So, uh, <laughs> all right, let's get into the, let's get into the Coliseum. Coliseum. We got, four, we got yes. four more gladiators and, you know, we Power got, Ranger time, Dodd. We got two winners. We got your boy, Ranger Suarez. Uh, he, he has produced three saves in the three weeks that uh, since he was widely picked up. And then we also had Heath Embry who picked up five saves. I would have bet against Heath Embry personally three weeks ago, but 
Um, he's proven me wrong. He's done well. And the Reds sort of stopped the uh, carousel and have been going to him more than any of the others. So those two guys were winners. Uh, two guys were more in the middle, Gavin Sheets and Jace Peterson. They produced a little bit, but nothing spectacular. So we now have 11 good ads out of 56, which is just about 20%. So that improved the, the stats a little bit for this little test case that we're doing. Um, so again, Rob, let me ask you, you look at the top four for this week. Let's see who, who you think is going to be uh, survive the Coliseum. You got Josiah Gray, Tuki Toussaint, uh, Brandon Marsh, and Brian Anderson. Uh, I think I think Tukey's gonna be uh, a home run. I think Marsh is gonna be one of your help for a little bit kind of pushes. Okay, so middle. Yeah, and I think Gray and Anderson are gonna be duds. Oh, okay. All right. Well, let's see. Let's see. I might I might put Gray into the winner column. Boom, 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 winner. We'll see. We'll see if I'm right. But uh, interesting to follow. Again, uh, what we've shown this year is that. The widest pickups have not been the best pickups. There's been <laughs> right. a lot of people that have picked up good players, and but they, they just haven't been the widely picked up guys each week. Right. Um, so, so it's just interesting to follow this, I believe. Right. Absolutely. Definitely. Uh, I think, though, the biggest winner from this week that not in the top four, actually, he was only picked up by uh, four teams um, and. I don't know if you saw this tweet from me and Phil Dussault. Yeah, yeah. Our boy Kyle Finnegan. Um, Kyle Finnegan. He is going to win the week. He in in a couple of weeks when you do this and you say, "Wow, okay. man, the Coliseum just got dominated by Kyle Finnegan." Well, it's going to be not dominated by Kyle. It's going to be dominated by Rob and Phil. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, this 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 you know he's been getting the seventh. He had. Um, over 30 saves in the minors, um, you know, in, in two seasons. Uh-huh. And he's just been thrown really well in that seventh inning, you know, role um, in front of Hudson in hand. And if they are in full cell mode, and obviously this takes everything to happen. It takes handed Hudson getting traded right. for this to happen. But, um, you know, I love what he did. Really bad. Uh, hand has been really bad. So what do you think happens if they trade or demote uh, not demote, but, you know, uh, uh, push out of the closer role, Brad Hand. So he's out of the picture one way or the other. But Hudson is still there. Do you think Hudson will close? I, I do. I do think Hudson will close, even though he has expressed desire that he doesn't like closing. I'm, right. I'm sure he stays. I'm sure he just moves up into that role. But I don't know. Maybe uh, if they have a little bit of a, uh, a fire sale and they want to look at the future, maybe they just keep him there and let sure. Finnegan try a shot. I know Tanner Rainey um, has had had some rehab assignments um, that are not going so well, and you also got him. Uh, I know a lot of people will call out him as being a threat as well, but uh, he just hasn't been healthy and hasn't been effective for the whole season, so I'm not really super concerned about him. But Rainey, I don't think Rainey is a factor. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, not at this point, but yeah, sure. uh, it's going to be interesting. If hand does get moved, then it's just Hudson. Hopefully Kyle Finnegan takes that leap, uh, you know, and uh, over if it was one of the, you know, after I look at who I, I won in fab, I, 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 I go over to the player movement thing and I did a command F 
And uh, I looked up Finnegan and I saw, oh man, he was only scooped up. <laughs> and I knew immediately who, who the teams were. Who, who you know? the teams were. One thing on Brad Hand is that I hope a contender doesn't trade for him expecting that he's going to be a shutdown guy for lefties. I've never seen him that way. Right. Uh, you know, I don't think he can, you know, go up against the biggest left-handed batters and just shut them down. That's not his game, really. So, no, no, it's know. really. So, um... We'll see what they do with the Nationals. I'm not sure what they know what they're doing right now. <laughs> no, but remember Kyle Finnegan. Kyle Finnegan, okay. Right. He's, he's been lights out. Been lights out in that role. Um, you, got, you guys will be uh, the Russell Crowe's of the Coliseum. <laughs> It turns out uh, to be the close. That's speculating if there's ever speculating <laughs> right there. I mean, but some, you know, uh, like I said earlier, like uh, just trying to, you know, beat that, you know, in case it did happen, you know? Okay, so, yeah, sure, sure, sure. I know I probably could have won a dollar, but, you know, I think I did four just to be, just to be sure. I probably didn't have to, but, you know, how you feel when you really want that player at the right, one, right. one and four dollars just become. I did get, um, I did get Ryan Tapera in a couple leagues. Nice. Because I thought, you know, if anybody's going to get moved, it's going to be Kimbrell. But again, uh, the obvious moves sometimes do not happen, as you and I have talked about. Right, right. So, and you also have Wick coming back, right? Rowan Wick is definitely yeah. a possibility. Yeah, it's an int- yeah. there's going to be a lot of, you know, the, the season is just going to get more interesting by the day. Exactly. I agree with you. That's for sure. Um, all right. So let's um, let's spill over into the uh, into the overall standings. Um, obviously, uh, boy, Phil to Phil Dusso, the robot is still at the top and that margin is growing for him. Yeah, he's, he's further ahead than ever. He's now 305 points ahead, or at least as of Sunday. So he's. Uh, I think he's bidding to run away with it, even though most of the top 20 also gained points, which I find interesting, Rob, is that, right. yep. uh, you know, it, it, it's been the top teams seem to be scoring more and more points um, as a group. So it, I think it is harder if you've got a team at, say, place number 120 to say, well, maybe I'll get into the top 20. It's really harder to see that. But anyway, um, yeah, Phil has 5,700 5, points, and the second-place team is about 5,400. And, um, you know, the average top 20 is now 5,310. Um, and I show the top 20 on the uh, article on the site. I won't go through them now. Um, and also I show the top three in all the leagues, including a color coding showing whether they're is, is a margin of less than five points, five to 10 or over 10. Um, and there's a, a pretty even split. There's about 16 leagues, I think, that are under five points spread, including a few ties. There's some ties. Um, I think there's three leagues that are exactly tied as of Sunday night. Wow. Yeah, it is interesting how, like you mentioned, uh, you know, Teams are just kind of pulling away. The, you know, all the teams at the top, for sure. Right. Um, right. Yeah. But, uh, oh, it's fascinating just you know watching this uh, list every every um, every week when I read your article, and also just taking a look at it during the week. You know, when uh, 
I'm checking out the overall standings. Actually, you happened to peak back to 2019 in the last full season, and it's kind of mm-hmm. the time where Abdul Madani um, had a lead pretty close to that. I don't think it was as much, and uh, he didn't look back the rest of the season. So, yep. uh, it's uh, you know, see, let's see what happens. It's going to be a great race. Got some great plays at the top there. So uh, it's uh, I really. You know, I, I think your I think your article is really making it more cool to follow. It's really uh, like you've been saying every podcast on. It's just like kind of cool. I was just watching everything unfold and and you right. know following the events. You know, it's really it's really awesome. Yeah, I think it's more fun for everybody because normally you would kind of know the standings in your own leagues, but I don't think you'd really know the names of the people that are leading all across the board. And um, and you kudos to you, Rob, because you're in third place in two main events. I think that's great. And uh, I think, look, there's going to be movement. But in, now in the last nine weeks, I don't think if if we take a snapshot of this week's standings and say, oh, this is going to be pretty close to what happens. I'm not sure that's really going to be true. Right. Absolutely. I'm uh, been battling, been battling. It's good to. It's good to make your um, article in two spots over there, Todd. Even though, you know, I just maybe get a little listing at the bottom there with below everyone's uh, spectacular, you know, teams. You know, you can get a little uh, a little mention for your podcast partner here. Well, maybe, maybe I'll consider oh, that. Oh, my because... God. You're really making me work for it. I got to get to the top. That's it. That's what I got to do. They are uh, earn it, my stripes. It's just so tough with uh, these some of these guys, like, Phil Dassault, Tyler Young, and Clark Olson. I mean, I'm just pretty much amazed at what they've been able to put together. Um, you know, they're each leading, I believe, three leagues, three main event leagues. I mean, even outside of the overall stats, overall competition, I got to give them credit for that. Um, but I still will probably try to hassle them in this article because it's the only out- outlet I have, Rob. So I, I might as well try to give them a hard time there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Um, um, actually, you know, kind of, uh, I don't know if we mentioned any of the drops this week that kind of caught your eye. Did, did any drops catch your eye this week? I didn't. I looked at it quickly. And, I, you know, I talked to you last week about the idea of not using it, listing them because. Right. The, the injured guys are being dropped very quickly, which I understand. And also the league context is different for each team. I mean, maybe they have too many saves or they have lots of steals or, you know, there's lots of reasons to drop a player. And I don't think we can really, really judge it too effectively. So I, you could mention anybody you want. I still advise people to follow your uh, suggestion of looking in your leagues about who is dropped because you never know. But uh, no, I'm not really focusing on that right now. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. Um, I'd still like to scan it and check it out. Uh, just, you know, a couple of guys that caught my eye at least were like guys like Luis Arias, who might be back soon uh-huh. with twins and, a, you know, definitely some multi eligibility. Um, JT Brubaker, obviously, he's been struggling recently and you knows if he can be stretched out um, right, right. to go past four or five innings. But, uh, and Matthew Boyd, you know, it's uh, eight teams dropped him. I don't know what the, you know, what what were they waiting for? <laughs> He's been out for a while. I think like if you were going to drop him, you would have done it a, yeah, uh, a long time ago. <laughs> like uh, I think there's some teams still holding Ronald Acuna, and uh, I'm not sure what that's accomplishing 
in particular. Right. Absolutely. All right, Todd. Anything else you want to mention here before we get no, out of here? No, I don't. Cool. I don't have any Dennis Rodman stories or anything. Oh, really man. To, uh, to to entertain you with, but um, but yeah, I enjoyed our conversation tonight. And anybody can reach me on Twitter at, at Telstar Seven. The article again is on spstreamer.com. It's a free article. I do put a link on the uh, NFBC forums if you want to access it there. And then um, also there's the Slack channel on SB Streamer that's 10 bucks a year that uh, Rob and I frequent and try to, uh, you know, give help when we can or just, you know, have a nice discussion about baseball, what's happening. Absolutely. So thanks a lot for the time, Rob, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you next week. All right, Todd. Have a great night and, uh, yeah, enjoy your week and we'll see you next week. Thanks, buddy. All right. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Pull Hitter Podcast, and have a wonderful week. Don't be a bag of shit. Peace.